Well, hello, everyone. This is Jamie Oinkle from RunningRestaurants.com, and I'm getting hungry just thinking about today's call. Joining me is Glenn Cybulski, co-founder of Persona Wood Fired Pizzeria, a seven-location franchise with locations in several states around the country. Glenn, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Jamie. I really appreciate it. It's good to talk to you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Glenn, I want to get to your backstory. You know, so why pizza? What makes you guys different? And then what's kind of in development for you folks? Well, backstory, you know, who doesn't love pizza? Uh, I think I've actually heard a few people that, that say, oh, I don't like pizza, which is probably strange. Um, yeah, but, go, you know, going back to all the way when I was a, a young kid um, and remembering very fondly uh, uh, my dad, you know, um, getting pizza on a Saturday night and sitting down on the couch and watching. Now I'm going to date myself here, Jamie, but watching Creature Features, you know, and, and eating a pizza. Um, that is the backstory. I mean, food, uh, reminds you of, of, of things in the past, family moments, whatever. There's usually food around it. So, um, from there, uh, my, my love for food grew because we always had people over and, and, and folks were always cooking, uh, you know, for all of our friends and things like that. So for me, um, it's not just the culinary aspect of food. It's, it's really everything that goes with it. Family, friends, good times, bad times, uh, memories that are made, uh, throughout the life. So pizza is a different story. I, I ended up in, in Italy, uh, in the late eighties. Um, and was very fortunate to hook up with some people that, that owned restaurants and hotels and, and things like that. Um, and I've always loved to bake, and I've always loved to cook. So pizza, to me, is the combination of not only baking, but, but also cooking, and the creativity of being able to use different ingredients on a pizza that maybe people just don't get, but when they put it in their mouth and they taste it, it's phenomenal. So that's that's really the backstory on pizza. I I I obviously am versed in, in a lot of other you know Italian cooking, American cuisine, and things like that. But pizza is my passion. Yeah, and and I, and I was reading about you guys, and a couple things I want to I want to ask you about, and you talk about those toppings and, and combinations, and the way you actually make the pizza, and you have the custom built ovens, and and that's a story in and of itself. So what, what's kind of going on there? Well, you know, it, the pizza industry as a whole, there's very few new concepts that come out in uh, um, or are created in the pizza industry. You know, you have your Detroit style, New York style, Chicago, California, deep dish, thin crust, so on and so forth. And, um, you know, in the create your own segment, uh, it's really pizza evolving um, uh, with our customer bases. Uh, millennials, Zs, all the younger generations coming up that are tied to their technology, their phones, that want high-quality food with with lower price points and they want it quick. Um, that was the inspiration for this segment that we're in, the Create Your Own. Uh, but one of the things that we wanted to do, uh, because there's very few chef-driven concepts out there, as a matter of fact, we are the only chef-driven concept out there that has a uh, a certified Italian pisiolo, uh, um, which is myself, and a classically trained CIA chef. Um, now, that that differentiates us uh, uh, wildly from our competition because we do, um, you know, take chances and, and work on different flavor profiles. And, and part of that question was, you know, how do we come up with the stuff? 
Uh, I'd like to say that I'm a genius, but I'm far from it. Um, in any in any kitchen, as you probably well know, Jamie, uh, there's a lot of experimentation. Uh, I, right now, I'm working with different uh, flavor profiles and spices from Senegal, from Malaysia, from all over the world, really, to come up with the next great pizza where people just go, wow. And really, it's a lot of trial and error. Um, it takes some time. Uh, the good stuff usually always does. Uh, but that's how we approach the entire business model of creating your own pizza. has to be high quality. The ovens have to be able to cook that pizza in 90 seconds or less um, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, the, the most uh, prevalent reason is the quality of the product that comes out of that oven. So there are a lot of moving parts to this, this new concept, and uh, we feel that, you know, it's taken us a little while, but we've nailed it. We've really put it together. Yeah, as a customer, I like the idea. I'm a, I'm a pizza guy. I love it. And so, you know, to, to walk into a place that's going to let me uh, pick pick what I want, cook it quick, and, and it's going to taste great. I, I love it. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to getting in there. Um, now, you guys, obviously, you, whenever you start, you start with one place and, you, and you, know, you figure some stuff out, and then you jump to two locations. And, of course, you guys are now beyond that. But I think that, that move from one to two is kind of the biggest thing. It's a mind shift thing. And now you're nationwide. So talk about the mind shift you've had to make in terms of how you're expanding and, and, and moving forward towards that. Yeah, you know, that's a really good observation. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, there's the International Pizza Expo coming up in March that's put on by – uh, Pizza Today magazine, and uh, a good friend of mine, Dan Collier, and I uh, do a seminar on, and this one is called The Million Dollar Pizzeria. And basically, it it really goes through what the question you're asking, um, which is, you know, how do we how do we uh, uh, traverse through the the obstacles of of understanding what really works so that we can go to a national franchise. A lot of the basics are there for pizza. Um, you know, it's a $42 billion industry in, in the U.S., so the, 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 the groundwork is there. The, the foundation is there. It's a matter of getting those people in uh, to try your food. That's, that's always the biggest challenge. Get somebody in to try your food. Once they try your food, you know, hopefully they love it, um, and, and then you've got a customer, a loyal customer from there on out. Um, but a lot of the fundamental basics come right back down to mathematics. Um, can we build stores uh, that uh, are replicatable, replicatable, through, replicatable through the entire U.S.? Can we um, uh, can we systemize uh, the the operations, the manuals, the menus, um, the marketing, the labor, all of those different things? And there are a lot of moving parts. But again, we first opened our first location in Santa Barbara corporate and made sure that people wanted to buy pizza this way and wanted to pay the prices and love the fast service and love the high quality. And, of course, that's been a home run. So that sets the foundation for everything we've done since then uh, and continue to do. Because if we're not evolving, if we're not moving forward, we're going backwards, Jamie. And, and, and I think, you know, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later on in the, in, in the segment here about, you know, why some pizzerias go out of business and, and things like that. The reality is, 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 is no matter what, you have to, you have to stay current with your demographic, uh, guest. Um, and, and again, a lot of people don't like change, but 
there has to be consistency, but there also has to be progress in everything you do. So that's our philosophy for, for moving forward with, with our franchising, and it's working. Yeah, absolutely. You, you covered a lot there, <clears throat> and, I, and I do want to come back to a couple things. And um, the proof of concept is uh, is critical. You know, you get that you get that location, you get the pieces right. The customers are raving about it, and you go, "Wow, we got something!" And so, and let's, so let's get to that. The part about getting them in the door, <clears throat> and that's the marketing approach. Uh, process and they got to try it, so that means they got to get in. You know, what's your approach to building a customer base? And, and the story is different these days, right? Because you have everything from email to social to the local mailers to everything in, in between. So, what do you think about when you're when you're building out a local business, a restaurant business, and getting getting folks and keeping them? Well, you're you're so right. There's there's so many vehicles to marketing, and everybody's trying to sell you the best new marketing tool that they have. Um, but it goes back to what I just said, you know, about tasting the food. And we always start with, in, in any new location, our guerrilla marketing tactics. And these are tactics that we've found to be the most successful for building brand awareness. When you build brand awareness prior to a restaurant opening in an area, then you build that anticipation. Um, it's a little risky because you have to deliver, right? But that's okay. That's what we've proven in, again, before you go to concept, you prove that you can sell your product. You prove that you can make a profit. You prove that you can generate uh, uh, revenue, right? Um, when we go out into a, a new area, the, the best form of marketing we, that we start with is going to be your guerrilla marketing. It's going to be what we call food drops. You're going to go out to a business that has 10 or 15 or more people and just walk in one day. You're not going to call them. You're not going to ask them if they're hungry. You're not going to do anything. You're going to walk in at lunch with three or four great pizzas and say, hey, my name's so-and-so, and we're here from Persona Wood Fired Pizza. We're opening up in a, in a week or two weeks or whatever. We want you to try our pizza. Here's some menus. We'd love to be able to cater your lunches or have your, your employees come in for a quick uh, pizza at lunchtime. And I'm telling you, Jamie, that is the most uh, productive way to build the brand because, and, and again, don't mean to sound arrogant or, or anything like that, but the bottom line is you have to have confidence in your product, right? I mean, that's just it. Absolutely. If you have confidence in your product and you have a, a great product, um, uh, then that's a no-brainer. Uh, the food drops lead to catering and um, online ordering, and that's where you drive everybody uh, to. You want them to – we want to open each restaurant with, you know, two, three, four, five hundred dollars $500 in orders uh, for lunchtime businesses. And then, of course, um, you have your old standards. People say direct mail doesn't work anymore. Well, that's not true. Um, uh, if you're trying to – uh, monetize that that return, um, and you're trying to understand what kind of money you're getting back from that flyer. There has to be a uh, a leader in there. You have to you have to give someone the reason to come in because again, you can tell them how great your your pizza is. We can do great food photography, but you and I both know um, the pictures on the menus of of fast food uh, companies all over the United States don't really look like what you get when you order it. So we're very careful to make sure that our food photography is, is absolutely what you're going to get when you come in. And it's still a matter of getting your food in people's mouth to build that brand loyalty and to build that customer base. And that's exactly what we do. Um, 
we also have great media uh, or great PR that, that, that creates the media around each new opening. Um, and, and then you go into your regular uh, um, uh, aspects of, of uh, uh, marketing. Um, but first and foremost, the least amount of money spent and the best return on your dollar is always doing food drops, supporting our communities that we go into, doing dine and donates, raising money for uh, the kids and, and, and different um, nonprofits in the town. Uh, that also lets people know that you care about where you're at. It's a different, really hard balance when you're going out with a national brand because everybody thinks, well, big corporates in California, they're just sitting back taking all the money. Our philosophy is different. Our philosophy is you know, John and Julie Smith that live in, uh, you know, wherever, Sparks, Nevada, they live there. They were born and raised there. That's who we have to focus on for a persona that's going to go in Sparks, Nevada. And that's what we do, and it works. Yeah, Glenn, you jumped into my head a little bit there because I was going to ask you about the the local approach. And, excuse me. So I, I really like I really like the start. So you're getting awareness with the food drops. It's, it's going right to a call to action, catering. Um, online ordering is up, ready to go, and then there to support the community. And, you know, we, we, we have some young kids here, and whether they're at school or a, a team or this, you know, they're, they look at, they're looking for, for, for partners, to, you know, to, to do some fundraising with. And, and that's a great, like, again, that's a great community thing. We, you know, the, the boys played, played a baseball game last night. What, what did we order after the game? Some pizzas. And, of course, that's a yeah. common thing, and you, and you want to be part of that as, as, as the local operator. So I love that approach. I am curious. Yeah. I am curious what you're doing with kind of some of the, 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 the newer channels that are hard to sometimes figure out um, return or engagement, you know, the Facebooks or, 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 what, what, or mobile, if you found, or Instagram or Twitter. Any kind of, any kind of insights there that, that you've seen work well for your folks? Yeah, all of the above, actually. Um, and what we're finding, especially with Facebook, you know, all the pushback on Facebook, paid ads, all that stuff. Um, the bottom line still is that Facebook works. Facebook works for businesses, period. Um, and, and one initiative that, that comes up every year, uh, just one of many that comes up in pizza, is Valentine's Day. Well, people don't really think about a pizza for Valentine's Day necessarily because you've got, you know, take mom out for dinner or take dad out for dinner or whatever. The bottom line is last year uh, in Santa Barbara when we tested um, our, our Facebook uh, advertising for, for Valentine's Day, um, our, our marketing department targeted uh, women specifically. And that's the nice thing about what Facebook does. You can target your audience that you want. So we obviously had a da database. We, we went out and we said, hey, girls, here's our heart-shaped pizza. Um, now, the, the results to that were absolutely phenomenal. Um, women were buying that pizza five to one. Uh, and uh, against men, and and it was a huge, huge success. So when we when we look at initiatives like that, we then push it out to our franchisees because we've proven that these kind of things work. Uh, Twitter is a big one. Instagram's a big one. Um, being able to to stay current with social media also allows people to make decisions on the fly. Like I said earlier, you know our our. Um, uh, our demographic for for uh, guests is is really all over the board. It's fantastic, which is really re we're re really very proud of that. But the bottom line is is that the younger generations are going to be the ones to come up and continue to support the restaurants. So 
with that, they're always looking at their phone. And I'm going to give you a real quick example. I was in the Santa Rosa, Northern California location, one of our franchisees, and I was talking to the owner, um, uh, Nick. And as I was talking to him, a lady walked in and said, I just got your, I just got your, your post for rainy day specials and I could, and, and I, I'm here. I was just walking down the street and didn't know what I wanted. So that's a classic example of being able to stay connected to people and make offerings, and, and that's what happens. You know, rainy day special. We have a rainy day special. Come on in. And this lady was looking at her phone, looking for something to eat, and boom, it popped up. So along with, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if we're staying current and we're connecting with our guests, not just on what's on for special, but perhaps, you know, an idea that I have for a, a, a recipe, um, and, and just talking about the food, um, that incites thought processes. And, and, again, once we feel that once people try our product, they're just going to keep coming back because they have such a huge variety of choices to choose from that they can never really get uh, uh, tired of, of, of new toppings on pizzas to try different, uh, uh, you know, versions of it. So for social media, that, that's, a, that's a huge staying current is very big. Making offers at key times during the day um, gives people the chance to think about persona. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, when you were talking there, it made me think of the, of the story of, of you know, restaurant owners uh, or any business in particular. Am I contacting my customers too much? Oh, I just sent an email last week. Oh, I have nothing to talk about in my business. Well, the fact is you're in a restaurant business. People want to hear about you. This is just for everyone in general. They want to hear about you, and you really can't hit them unless you're hitting them two times a day with, with, with an email. That's probably too much, but otherwise they do want to hear from you. They want to know what's going on, and it comes back to the theory of, you know, don't ask, don't get. So if your uh, franchisee had not said, that message out, that customer doesn't come in. And so you've got to keep your messages out there. You've got to make the offers. You have to stay in touch and engage because at the end of the day, I, I, I always think about this one. If I go to lunch or dinner right now in like five miles, i got like 50 places to choose from. So how do I pick which one? Right. And it's the same. It's the same for, for all these guys. And um, uh, so I, I love that stuff. And so you, you touched on it earlier, and I want to come back to it now, is, um, is the systems and specifically in franchising. Um, yeah, if I, if I was looking, looking to, uh, to come into your organization, I would want to, to see the system. I want to see kind of mapped out um, the costs, the profits, and operations. So you, I'm sure you have that find out much more so than uh, a lot of times we, we, we push out to independent operators all over the place, and, and, they, and they haven't dialed in those details. They don't know where every penny is going, and that's really the downfall of a lot of businesses. So talk about building the systems that you went through. How do you kind of build or, or this is, how do you bake profits into, into, into the formula? Uh, tell me how you think about it. You know, I think about it because all I have to do is think in the past. And, and one of the things that I talk about when I'm doing seminars or, or motivational uh, uh, speaking, which I do also, um, is you don't quit. You just don't quit. You have to keep going. And one of the stories that I tell a lot is of, of a location that I, that I had to close on Highway 116 out here in Sebastopol because it just it didn't work, Right. Um, most people don't like to say, well, yeah, I failed, but Jamie, I failed before. And, and this is why you need to listen to me, period. Because if I can keep you from making the same mistake that I made, then aren't we all ahead of the game, right? So this one location, and it's a classic story. I, I laugh about it now. It wasn't very funny back then, but it pushed me to make changes, and it was very simple. The realtor said, Glenn, the space is phenomenal. 100,000 cars drive past it, right? 
right past it every day. And, and that's exactly, Jamie, what they did. 100,000 cars drove right past it every day. They never stopped. And sure. they didn't stop, you know, for any other reason that I, they didn't know who we were. They've never tasted the product. So, again, this, that in, in really gave me the motivation to figure out why did this fail. And then, of course, we moved it, the, the restaurant um, literally less than half a mile away, and it just flourished because it was in a different demographic. It was in a different location. There was more room for cars to drive in and park. You know, when people, you know, we're, we're, we're in a society where we put our blinders on when we're going somewhere. Like you just said, there's 50 choices. Well, you've really already made up your mind on where you're going to eat. Most likely it's a place that you think is okay and at least it's consistent and I don't have to take the time to find someplace else and spend 50 bucks on dinner for the family and get it home and it's not what everybody wanted. So, again, it is that information which ties directly back into the way you market in your social media. And when you put that package together, those are the systems that we've put in place so that you don't have to make the mistakes that we've made in the past. We've already done the testing. And isn't a franchise model basically that? You, you have a, a, uh, a concept, whether it's burgers, tacos, pizza, whatever, um, they're, they're expanding um, and they're growing and they've already tested it. And you hit the nail on the head when you made the comment that, that you know, you got to watch the pennies. Watch the pennies, the dollars will follow. Um, that's an old saying. It's true. But, again, aren't you ahead of the game if you're already working with people that have made the mistakes that you haven't come up against yet? And that's the key I think, to the ongoing success, the ongoing uh, expansion is, is being able to take those, that 25 years of experience and say, this is what I did wrong, this is what I did wrong, and this is what I did wrong. And trust me, Jamie, the list is longer than just those three. But I'm making a point, you know. You, you, we, we then put the systems and operations in place. Um, and if you follow it, we've had success with it. So if you follow it, then your outcome is going to be a much higher percentage of success than it would be for failure because you don't have to go through some of the things that we've already gone through. Yeah, I think that's that's really a, a good telling point and a good talking point. And, and, and here's an issue that I see in restaurateurs, and I'm sure you do as well when you, if you speak and, and talk to folks, is everyone – first of all, they, everyone thinks they know everything, and, and of course that, that <laughs> tends, tends to be true. And, um, but, but a lot of folks in the restaurant business aren't necessarily business people, right? They either, they love the, the food part or they love the service part or, or something else in between, but they don't know about all the X's and Y's and Z's and every letter times 10, uh, that go in, they go into the business. And so, you know, you start to count inventory and stuff's missing and, and, you know, costs are going out the window. And, you know, you, like you said, someone's pitching you all the time. They're knocking on your door, buy this, buy that, buy this whiz bang. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, 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 you're swimming and you're going upstream. So um, I love I love the part about don't make the same mistake. There's lessons out there. There's experts. Uh, I just did a, a recent series of calls with with a gentleman and we went through seven uh, I think seven or eight calls, just really fine tuning on things like 
product mix and inventory and menu costing and like all the details that you yep. have to nail and they're annoying and they're yep. a lot of homework and I'm I'm sorry I hate to tell you but if you don't do the stuff you're you're not going to be successful so you know I always hate to to be that that nag when we're doing that stuff but it's like, those things have to happen and so you know and and so yeah you you've well, gone through those trials and tribulations it's amazing yeah, and the other thing, you know, that I, that I tell people all the time, um, and, and you can react to this comment too, uh, your restaurant needs to be boring. It really does. Um, because boring basically means that it's repetitive. Repetitive means that you're doing the same thing every day for the success of your restaurant. It's not right. a crapshoot, Jamie. It's not guesswork. So. And, and trust me, we have our challenges with franchisees. Every single franchisor does because you put, hit the nail on the head when you, you said most everybody thinks they know what they're doing. I can walk into a restaurant and tell you if it's going to survive or not. And it's only a matter of time. But there are certain practices that are fatal and there are certain practices that create success. So we've taken the practices that have created success. Um, we don't need a restaurant tour that's walking around buying everybody glasses of wine and sitting at the end of the bar watching things going on. That restaurant will fail. If the revenue is not decreasing, it's going to. That is a recipe for success. And all you have to do is turn on the TV and, you know, check out Chef Ramsay or any of the other shows that, that literally has the same theme week in, week out, you know, episode after episode of the same thing. You've got people – that are treating their restaurant as a social uh, um, place to hang out. Uh, that's, your, that, that, that's a kiss of death. Um, boring means that you're following direction. Boring means that you're walking into your restaurant. You're starting your day with your, your social media. You're, you're, you know, you're doing your, your one food drop a day to a new business every single day, five days a week, that's going to continue to create more uh, um, awareness and, and more revenue for your brand because we've already proven that that works. It's the boring, monotonous day-to-day clean. Clean, 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 clean. If there's a chip on the paint, find a day once a month that you're going to go around and you're going to brush coat all those chips on the paint. Keep your restaurant fresh. The last thing people want to do is walk into a stale old restaurant. And from us at a corporate standpoint, Jamie, we also have to keep it fresh for our franchisees. If we're asking them to follow the, the, the systems, the operation manuals, and the detailed uh, recipe book that we have that, that, that literally tells you what spoons to use in making a salad dressing or things like that, those are the details that you have to follow to create the product which will create the success day in, day out. And after all, Jamie, if you want an ego or you want people to look at you, then, I don't know, go streaking on a, on a football field or something. I don't know. The restaurant isn't, isn't, the, isn't the venue for that. The restaurant yeah, is a business. It needs to make money. It's true. There's other ways uh, to get attention, and uh, and yeah, if you're looking to just be the social guy at the bar, and you think it's going to be cool and make you popular, not 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 the best business to model strategy. You know, I, I did have a reaction when right. you used the word boring. I was like, oh, my stomach went oh, but then I thought right away, it's like, man, he's right because if you're if you the, cor- the corollary is if you if you go in and you're fighting fires every day, which means you can't get ahead, you can't be proactive, you can't plan your business, then you don't have a successful business. 
Whereas if, yeah, like you said, it's boring and you go in and you, you check the numbers and you follow all the protocols and, and you do all the stuff, that means your business is running well and you can go as the owner, take a, take a vacation and trust your manager can run it well, which is where you want to be as, as an operator. You want to be able – you should be yeah. able to step away yeah. from the business and it should be as successful as, as if you're not there. Well, and, and obviously, and this uh, ties right back into your one location, two location, three and more, okay? Um, you, you can run one location. You can even run two locations together if they're close enough by so you can drive to each one. But from if you're going to expand your brand, where are you going to go from there? If you, if you can't be in three locations or more, period, and be efficient. So part of, part of running a successful restaurant also means letting go, putting systems in place, and being that example. I used a, a, um, a, a technique once or an example once where I wrote down on a, on a, a flash card um, – free money right here with an arrow pointing down at a stack of, of money, right? And um, I, I walked up, I had somebody close their eyes, and I walked up and I pushed the flashcard directly in front of their eyes so they couldn't read it. They just couldn't. And I said, read that. And they said, I can't read that. I said, okay, close your eyes. They closed their eyes. I took five steps back, and I, I said, okay, open your eyes, read that. And they said, oh, free money right here. The example is what you've just said. If you have someone running a restaurant that is putting out fires all day long, then the only thing they see that's right in front of their face is the tragedy that's happening now that I need to fix. Now, there are people that are geared that way, that, that, that get the high of fixing a problem. Well, if you're running a restaurant on a schedule every day and it's boring, well, there are no problems, are there? Uh, the occasional POS system will go down during a rush. That's an easy one. We call the POS company. They go online, they fix it, and we keep going. Um, I like to say there are no pizza emergencies. Uh, I can give you a few. <laughs> but day-to-day, -day, there really aren't any pizza emergencies, are there? It's pizza. So if you've got a routine, if you've got a schedule, then you're going to create that uh, consistency in restaurant one, that you can replicate in restaurant two, that you don't even have to be around for restaurant three and four and so on. All you have to do is follow the bouncing ball. <laughs> step one to step two, step, step three, step four. Um, and, of course, you have to have a great organization behind you um, uh, that, that is making the mistakes and taking the chances in corporate store to be able to say, yes, this works. Yeah, you know, it's, it's where we are today, and you're seeing place close, you know, people place, places open left and right, but they're they're closing left and right right now too, and long time successful places too, and so it's not just it's not just the amateurs that are that are struggling because I I, I got I had a phrase a couple of weeks ago that I, that I like, but really where we are is it's a it's a no margin for error business now. You used to have a little bit of playroom, but there is there is no margin for error right now. You got you got wages going up, you know, costs going up, regulations going up. And so when you get when you do your statement at the end of the end of the end of the period, a lot of times you're like, what the heck? We were busy, but now I got no money. What happened? And so it's because right. you, you weren't optimizing every single piece of your business. And so the stuff we talked about it hit, hit it really well. But I, I just wanted to kind of reorient, reorient it for a second. Is that like even successful people are really struggling? Rents going up. Oh, the the landlord says, oh, the business is going good. Your rent is triple. Now the guy has to close his business because because of that situation. Right. So. Um, right. Actually, you know, while, while we're, yeah, I mean, feel free to, to chime in on that. But I was curious. I, I did want to ask you about yeah. locations because sometimes you kind of lose some control in those situations, and it can be frustrating. What, what do you look for on locations, and you know, what, how do you think about that process? 
that goes hand in hand with with what you were just talking about because again we go back to we we, we see restaurants that are old um, that have been around forever. Um, I can't remember the chain, but there was a chain out here in California that uh, was I think it's pasta pomodoro and, and don't quote me on that. It, it was it was a pasta concept, and they up and closed 17 of their locations all in one fell swoop. Um, now clearly there was something internal, something going wrong there. But the bottom line is is again you have to evolve with the changing times. We're not standing still. If we're standing still, we're going backwards. So if you have Guido's Pizzeria that's been around since 1945, part of the problem is people actually believe that that success will continue to, to, to go, the same success they had in 1945 to 55, 55 to 65, and so on. And what they're not paying attention to, attention to are changing times. They dig their heels in and they get stubborn. They can't do that. And that's why you see a lot of these, these, these um, um, restaurants fail. It's because people are afraid of change and or the change is so subtle that like you've also said, gosh, we used to have $100,000 in the bank, and now we have ten. What the heck's going on? We haven't seen this coming. Well, you don't necessarily see those changes. I mean, I woke up the other day, and I was 56 years old. Um, it's funny. My brain still thinks I'm 25. You know, exactly. it's that kind of a scenario that, that we or, – or when you have kids, you say, God, it was just like yesterday that they were toddlers. Um, I go through those things every day of my life. So the focus on the restaurants, again – is to keep them fresh, keep them innovative, keep them evolving. And one of the things that we look for, and this segues right into the location aspect, is are we going to be relevant five years, 10 years, 15 years, and beyond from where we are right now? And this is a very interesting concept that we're in, Jamie, this create your own, because a lot of our competition doesn't do anything in their kitchens. So when we're looking for locations, we have to have locations where we can build somewhat of a kitchen to where we can in the future evolve and maybe we perhaps start serving fresh pasta because don't we already have all the ingredients in, in uh, to make pasta for our, our pizza dough? Of course we do. And doesn't fresh pasta cook in about two minutes? Of course it does. So it doesn't hurt our throughput. We don't add any extra ingredients to add an extra pro, uh, recipe on the, on the menu. And now we have room to grow beyond pizza, salads, breadsticks, sodas, wines, beers. This is what people are not thinking about. They're thinking about the excitement of today. They're not thinking about the monotony of 10 years from now, but our franchisees are because they're investing a lot of money in each store. So the key to, to a location um, is to make sure, uh, first and foremost, that the, the density of people that live within the one, two, and three-mile square radius has got to be at a, a, a predetermined percentage or it won't work because no matter what you do, you just will not get the volume of people through the doors to make that restaurant successful. You had mentioned earlier on in the conversation, you know, you, go to, you, you have to think about dinner. There's 50 places within a mile of you. Well, guess what? That's, that's true. So what are people going to think about? What are they going to choose? Um, we're not so uh, uh, full of ourselves that we think people are only going to come to Persona Pizza to eat. Um, but when we're looking for locations, when we're looking for areas that have a great anchor, like uh, a big store, shopping center, um, you're looking for other options. You're looking for the Chick-fil-A's. You're looking for the Starbucks. You're looking for all of those anchors 
that you know this is no no I'm not saying anything uh, that that should be uh, uh, shocking anybody because basically you know everybody's looking for those places because that sure. generates traffic chat traffic generates awareness and you you can build a successful business with all the other moving parts um, so these are the things that we look at we look at uh, participation from a financial aspect from the uh, landlords uh, is there tenant improvement money involved can we get free rent while we're building out so that the franchisee doesn't have to go out of pocket before they start uh, um, uh, you know, driving revenue into their store. Um, we actually have an entire real estate uh, uh, program um, that outlines every single aspect that we have uh, proven to be successful in the pizzeria business. Not the burrito business, not the taco business, not the burger business, not the pasta business, the pizza business. And that makes a big, big deal because a lot of people will go out and say, God, there's this great location. It, it's been a restaurant before, but it's in this great location. Well, Jamie, how many times has it been a restaurant? Has it been a restaurant once, twice, three times? We just had a franchisee come back to us and tell us that there's a great location and there had been restaurants in that location, five different ones over the past seven years. So what are the people in that town thinking about that location? Oh, there's another restaurant. They never make it in that location. They drive right on by. If you don't think that's a, tr a thought process, you're wrong. And it is a thought process because oh, part yeah. of those demographics yeah. are psychographics, yeah. right? And, and it's going to be much harder to get somebody into that location because, gosh, they've seen them come and go. And, you know, the last place was really good, but nobody ever went to it. So they won't even give you the time of day anymore. So all of those aspects go into the locations are extremely important to us to find the proper locations for these restaurants. Um, you know, eventually we're, we're probably going to have personas that don't make it. You know, everybody does, unfortunately. That can't be for lack of covering our bases in all, all aspects. It just can't be, um, you know, and, and, and again, uh, it's, a, it's a synergy between franchisor and franchisee. If the franchisee is not able to make a living and make a profit and build a viable business, then they're clearly not going to be paying uh, the franchisor their royalties or, or anything else like that, right? Um, yeah. So we take the philosophy of every store that we open personally. We have to. It's our business. I think, sure I think it, it, you know, it's a couple things there. So, yeah, there's those Bermuda Triangle locations, and you're absolutely right. You, you, you just stay away from them. Oh, someone else is there. Oh, it's not going to work. You don't, you don't even bother because they're going to be gone in, in, in six months. Absolutely, it's, it's a mindset. So I would, I would steer people away from, from those and just keep looking. But and the other thing you talked about is, yeah, I mean, when you think about the lease and the structure and the location and, and working with the landlords, it's one of those things where you win right away. I mean, it's, it's part of the long-term win is, is on day one when you sign that paperwork. I mean, you can literally write yourself right out yes. of business in, in, in structuring your, your, your deal right there. So be super careful there and make sure you're, you're dotting a lot of different I's and, uh, and checking with folks on that one because that, that can make or break you and, for, forgetting about all the other stuff and, that you do. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that again a, a good franchisor needs to be able to to educate their franchisees about those those areas and and you know we have to approve a location, so if we have to approve it, we have to go through all those those steps to be able to 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 make sure that you know there is enough people there and and if you do A, then you're going to get B. If you continue to do C, then you're going to get D. I mean all of these things, all of these systems 
fall into place. They fit like the, like the cogs in a, in a, in a wheel. Um, you know, they, they really make sense when they're all put together. So one fits the other and, and drives that success. Um, and, and that's real. Again, the reality is looking over real estate contracts and dealing with landlords is a drag. It sucks. It's such an, an incredibly important part of, of the process of opening a restaurant. And like you said, I mean, you couldn't have said any better. I couldn't have said any better. You, you sign that lease, you're setting yourself up for, for success or failure based on the terms of that lease. So that's a very important aspect. Yeah, absolutely is. You know, I want to ask you this because you've been in the business for a while. Uh, you, you, you've been around. You've talked. You've talked with people. Is there anyone you look at the business uh, as a role model or someone you learn from or lessons that you shared or something you really like to, to quote? Any, any kind of takeaways there? Oh, my God. Um, Big Dave Ostrander, one of the, uh, the premier um, pizza professionals in the industry. Um, uh, and, um, you know, Dave is now a, a, uh, a consultant but ran wildly successful pizzerias. Um, you know, Dave has – there's way too many to quote. Uh, Tony Gemignani, um, uh 12-time world pizza champion, uh, brought me onto the world pizza uh, champions team, um, a guy who's been through it just like I have, ups, downs, su- successes, failures, the stick um, just the encouragement. Uh, you know, Sean Browser, Michael, uh, um, uh, gosh, Joe Carlucci, uh, Michael Shepard, um, uh, Siler Chapman. There's, there, there's so many out there that I look up to my peers that, that, you know, we all sit around and it's not a competition thing. It's, you know, have you run into this? Have you run into that? What are you doing about this? What are you doing about that delivery? How are you going to deliver? Neapolitan style pizza is notoriously non-deliverable. They say, oh, you can't deliver it. It's just not, the best. you know, it's, it's not like it is fresh out of the oven. Well, that's true, but, um, we were the first ones to start delivering Neapolitan pizza. And I, I structured that delivery based on keeping the pizza as fresh and hot as possible. So there was things that I had to do. But with, with, with all these people that, that I have access to, Pete LaChapelle from Pizza Today. Pizza Today magazine is, is, your, is your biggest resource for everything pizza. Um, the International Pizza Expo that's coming up is, is a phenomenal, phenomenal three-day event in Las Vegas. Um, and, and has so much to offer new operators as, as free seminars and things like that. Take in, soak in, grab as much information as you can to make decisions. And we even tell people that are looking at our franchisees. In fact, Jamie, we do something that's a little bit probably people would say, well, that's counterproductive. We actually tell our, the, the people that are looking to buy our franchise to go taste all of the other concepts in our segment. Go out there and taste yeah. the pizza. Come, come, to at, come to us the last. And we have literally had franchisees that said, you guys have the best food. We're going with you. Now, they're seeing part of the longevity of a brand, right? If we've got the best food and our focus is on making sure that we're keeping the best food and then we filled in all the other blanks, those things are the most important things about making those choices. And again, um, I can use all the examples that I've had in my career, all the examples that I've had in 10 of the other top 
repeats of professionals in the nation's career as, as examples of what not to do. So when we create the program, when we create the operations manual, when we create the, the, the recipe book, when we create, you know, and get our, our vendors in line for point-of-sale systems and, and drinks and all these things, every single aspect of what we've done in the past 25 years and everybody else I know gets poured, the passion gets poured into those documents so that we can create success from town to town to town to town across the U.S. Absolutely. Yeah, great stuff. And, you know, and uh, I want I want to share, um, well, I want you to share with folks, you know, where you where you guys are right now. And we touched on that you're in, in different states all over the country, but but share some of those locations. Um, share where you guys are online, whether it's, you know, your, your website, where you are, where, you, where they can find you on the social channels. Give us a rundown. Yeah, absolutely. Our website is personapizzeria.com. Um, that has a lot of uh, very useful tools for people that are looking for franchises. Um, uh, you can go to our franchise page and, and read our brochure and, and, and understand what our philosophy is, uh, what our mission statement is about, about how we feel about our product. Um, the, uh, boy, let's see, Chicago, uh, two in, one in Columbia, um, the second one will be open in, in about a month. Uh, Dallas, Houston, second location in Houston's coming in about two months. LA, uh, Santa Rosa, um, we've got units in development, uh, in a lot of other cities as well. Um, and I did, I, I will allude to a major announcement that's going to be announced at, at the, um, International Pizza Expo in March, uh, that, that's, that's going to be, uh, very exciting for everybody that's in the Persona family at this point and for everybody that's thinking about coming into the Persona family. We've got a lot of great things uh, happening in our brand. Um, and we feel very confident, you know, in, in going into the future with the ability to adapt and evolve. And, and, and that's what we have to do to be successful. So uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Persona Pizzeria. Um, uh, you know, your, your, your listeners can, can get all the information and, and follow us on Twitter, follow us on, on Instagram and like us on Facebook and, and see what's going on in a day-to-day business. You know, it's just not about posting a picture of a pizza and saying, this is the special of the day. That gets really old really fast. People want to be engaged with conversation. They want to talk about recipes. They want to talk about philosophies. They, you know, people ask me about why do we use double zero flour? Um, I could tell you more about a kernel of wheat than you probably want to know, Jamie, but right. that science behind the product is what creates such a great product. So, you know, I get goosebumps when I talk about that kind of stuff because that's, that's the heart of it. You know, that's, that's where we come from. Um, and those are the things that we talk about on social media as well. Uh, people want to know where their food's coming from these days. We tell them. Uh, um, they want to know that we care as much as they care about what they're putting in their bodies, um, you know, and, and those things are all covered on social media. So it's not just, you know, one topic, which is come on in and buy a pizza. There's a lot of things, um, you know, that, so that, that's what we're doing. That's what we'll continue to do, uh, going into the future. Um, there's going to be a lot of personas around, uh, you know, we, we're, we're expecting, uh, extreme growth in the next three to five years. Uh, and that's exciting for us because we've got a great product, we've got great franchisees, and, and we're looking for a lot more. So, 
I'm glad you I'm glad you pointed that out about you know what to share on social. It's not it's really not the place to sell too hard. Uh, it's, it's that education stuff. And yeah, I, I'm I'm on happen to be on your website now, and I do I see there's an easy link to get over to all your all your other channels: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Looks like YouTube and email. So yeah, you pop onto their main site and then you can bebop around and see see what see what they're doing and and their other uh, social channels. But quick quick last question for you: What is your favorite pizza? If you're going to order some lunch uh, here today, what are you going to do? God, it's going to be so boring for you, but I got to tell you, this goes back to the earlier comment that I made when, you know, Pops would buy us a pizza and we'd, we'd sit around on a Saturday night and eat a pizza. We didn't have a lot of money, Jamie. I don't come from a wealthy family. I come from an extremely wealthy family when it comes to love and, and, and being able to be with my parents and learning things. But um, it's a pepperoni pizza. Sorry. It's, it's kind of boring. But if I'm going to, go, if I'm going to have a go-to pizza, I love a margarita. Obviously, you know, working and living in Italy for for uh, as long as I did, you know, you, the margarita pizza is just a phenomenal combination of, you know, simple ingredients. But I'm a California kid, and a pepperoni pizza will always be at my heart because it reminds me of when I was young, when my dad was still here, when my mom was still here, and it brings back those memories, and those memories can't be beat. So yeah, and you can't go and you can't go wrong there. Well, awesome conversation today. I really appreciate. It. We dug into a lot of stuff. Didn't didn't know we would cover so much. So I really really enjoyed digging in with you. I wish you guys continued success as you as you expand to additional locations. And uh, and I hope you're getting near me real soon. Or if I'm traveling, I'm going to look you up. See so where you guys are. Come in and get a delicious Heck pizza. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jamie. I really appreciate it. It's great to talk to you. And, you know, if, uh, if, if you get a hankering, come on out to Pizza Expo in March in Vegas, and uh, I'll make you a pepperoni pizza. Excellent, excellent, awesome. All right, well, this has been Jamie Oigel from RunningRestaurants.com, along with Glenn Sibelski of Persona Wood Fired Pizza. Thanks for listening, and all the best for your restaurant business.